the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. It's Wednesday. This uh, week, to me, is flying by. One of those... One of those weeks you kind of go, uh, I have too much to do here and not enough time. You ever right. Yes, come up with that? of course. Mm-hmm. But you know what I have on Saturday? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Isn't that the best feeling? I love that yeah. feeling. So, you have no plans for Saturday. So you resist the urge. Yes. When someone say, hey, Kath, Saturday, you want to, hey, would you like to? You guys, I don't want you to ask me to do anything on Saturday. Nothing. Lex, I don't care what kind of great idea you have. Right. I, I don't want to do it on Saturday. She want to go on a shopping spree. She... Because last week, I had a birthday party on Saturday oh. that I was hosting and a wedding on Sunday. <laughs> no that was a, that was, That's not good. That was a no. tough scenario. How about some, no yard work on Saturday? Yes, I, mean, I might do yard work. Kind of, okay. I think I was actually thinking this morning of doing yard work Saturday. But that's sort of enjoyable. Yeah, and it's at home. Right. It doesn't require me going out somewhere mm-hmm. or having to take a shower and look presentable yeah. or, you know. Don't you love those no shower days? I got I got no shower today. Okay, here's the thing. I on a no shower day, I still have to shower. What? You you take a shower every day? Every day. No shower day, every you still day. Have to shower. Nope. Kidding me? Every day. No way. Every day. I wake up Saturday morning with my <laughs> with my hair standing straight up. You know someone loves you when they look at you in the morning and they're like your hair. I look like, you know, Pixie King. My hair standing straight up. My wife just has a regular conversation with me. Then I go to the mirror and I go, oh boy, what's going on there? Why did she say something? No. You Wait, even on no, sh- like Saturday, you're going to go out in the yard and do yard work? You're going to just take a shower before that? What, to be presentable for well, the Well, no, I, I, I will definitely take a shower after that. Every day. For, but if I wasn't doing yard work, if I was just laying on the sofa and reading a book, I'd still take a shower. Really? Every day. Every day. Every day. My husband and I are the, both the same way. Really? Every day. When I go to the beach, I, I don't take a shower like. What? I don't care. What? I don't even care. How do you do that? I don't even care. Because I'm going in the ocean. There's my shower. But all the Deep, salt water and everything? Care. I think it's good for my skin. I have a nice little salty glow. Look at Lexi's losing her mind. What's Lexi, her, what can you believe that? You don't take a shower after going to the beach? No. I'm, go- what is- I'm going into the Atlantic Ocean. I, think I don't I'm fine. understand. What is wrong with that? Because don't you want to get the salt and no. sand off of your body? I go there specifically for the salt and the sand. I want to wear it like a coat. I do. Wait, Lexi's like losing your mind. Like I'm like like I'm bathing in you know fecal you even matter. You take like a little rinsey rinse. Like I, what's? I mean, but I, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that you're. I'm not saying you're dirty. I'm just saying, you. don't you want to get the sand no. and the salt no. off of you? I do not. No. I want to wear it like that. When I go to the beach, I take an extra long shower and I wash my hair every single day. I don't even care. Different strokes, Kath. You're taking a shower on a non-shower day. Come, you're, there are no non-shower days. Well, every day is a shower day. 
people never took showers until like the 1940s. And they were all unhappy and smelly. No, they were fine. No, I don't think they, they were. They propelled us to I, where I, we are I, today. I, Maybe we're too clean for our own good. Oh, Maybe I'm we, too clean. We, now we, I'm too clean. Lexi, now I'm too clean. I'm just saying. Get out of here. Too quaffed for your own good. <laughs> too quaffed. Okay? Although I do like your hair today. Oh, yeah. I got. I have new hair color. Very nice. Everybody. Excellent. Good job. Very, I'm very blonde. Good. No, no I was kidding. I'm not first. blonde. It's yeah. kidding. It's blue and it's pretty. <laughs> Okay, Yesterday, though, I told you I was going to have a new hair color, and you were a little worried. I was. You were worried, thinking that what it was going to be like black or. I never know. Yeah. You never, you know, you know, kind of gets. Th- I like to keep people on their toes. Like guys would never do that. Hey, hey, I'm gonna go get a haircut and dye my hair. Right, like I know. It, I, that's just weird. But we do that, Lex. All the time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot there we just covered. Yeah, uh-huh, right. exactly. And now Anything I have else? some news. Nope, I got oh, some news, though. All right, okay, then without further ado, because it's Wednesday, give us a top four at four. For Wednesday, September 27th, 2023, number one, Donald Trump and his company repeatedly violated state fraud law. A New York judge ruled yesterday. In response to a request by New York Attorney General Letitia James seeking judgment on one of the claims in her $250 million civil lawsuit scheduled to go to trial on October 2nd. Uh, Judge Arthur Engeron agreed in his ruling with James' office that it is beyond dispute that Trump and his company provided banks with financial statements that misrepresented his wealth by as much as, wait for it, $3.6 billion. The judge found as fact that Trump and the company overstated the valuations of many properties by hundreds of millions of dollars. He cited the Palm Beach assessor's valuation of Mar-a-Lago at between 18 million and 28 million, which is what he pays taxes on. But Trump himself valued the property at between 328 and 714 million dollars on his annual statements of financial condition. Give it a dig. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Read more about that at CBS News. Number two, large groups of teenagers stormed into shops in the heart of downtown Philadelphia last night and looted handfuls of merchandise before fleeing. It's also called looting or stealing. A total of 52 arrests were made, two firearms recovered, 49 adults and three juveniles. Police described the looting at the Foot Locker as a coordinated attack by a group of males dressed in black attire wearing masks. No arrests have been made in connection with the looting at the Apple Store, where mobile phones and tablets were snatched. The incidents occurred after peaceful protests over a judge's decision to dismiss murder charges against a Philadelphia police officer who fatally shot the driver of a car. Just looking for bread. I mean, read more about that at ABC News. Number three. Allegheny County Council voted yesterday, and for those of you who are listening to us from Washington, D.C., this is a local Pittsburgh story, uh, voted yesterday to sue to determine if council has a say in the future reopening of Schumann Center, the juvenile detention facility. Last week, Allegheny County's court system announced that the Latrobe nonprofit Adelphoi will take over providing juvenile detention services at Schumann as soon as January. Schumann, of course, has been closed since 2021. Allegheny County Councilwoman at Large Bethany Hallam, a Democrat from Marshall Shadeland, said the lawsuit is about following the county's charter and ensuring the county council is given the rightful authority to make decisions. 
The Adelphoi contract to operate at Schumann is for five years and worth $73 million. Read more about that at today's trip. And number four, after 371 days in space, Frank Rubio is finally home. The NASA astronaut landed in Kazakhstan today on a Russian spacecraft, completing the longest space flight by an American. And that is your top four at four. Very nice. Now, we know he was supposed to return to Earth in March but then there was a micrometeorite which poked a hole in his Russian-made ship, so he couldn't make it back. And so it took them a while to get a backup vessel there. Um, he's 47 years old. Um, it was his first space flight. Wow. I wonder if he'll ever go back. Uh, he missed it. I mean, a full year of his wife and kids. Right. And he has four children. Thank you for your service. Uh, he's a former U.S. Army surgeon and a helicopter pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said once he feels better, he can't. Wait, to hug his wife and kids. Right. And he'll take a shower. <laughs> you know Maybe that. he took a shower every day. He said he's looking forward to enjoying his silent backyard after listening to the hum of machines on the space station for more than a year. Oh, that's interesting. Give me a little silence. Yep, that very, would give. Very interesting. Um, he's also going to learn how to walk again. Mm-hmm. And they're concerned about the decrease of muscle mass and the neurovestibular challenges, as in how he's going to maintain, like, his sense of right. position and balance, equilibrium, being in this uh, gravitational. Do you think he'll get a year off? He's worked for a full year, so Why you think not? he gets a year off? Why he not? Should. I mean, he needs a sabbatical. God right? bless them. God man. bless him indeed. That's super cool. Heroes in outer space. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of rest. A biblical concept. Yet a lot of us are often terrible about it. That's next in the ride home. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Hi to WAVA. 101.5 WORD. Pastors and ministry leaders, Word FM would like to say thank you for all you do to serve God's people and our great city. Come have lunch on us Thursday, October 12th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Pastors and Ministry Leaders Appreciation Cruise, a free event for senior and associate pastors, ministry leaders, and their spouses. Enjoy fellowship, a great meal, and beautiful views of our city skyline. Free tickets will go fast, so reserve now at wordfm.com. Sponsored by Capital Ministries and Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898. And you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. 
pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. At Eden Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day. Lives built upon the foundation of God's Word, shaped by the understanding that every student is created with a unique design and purpose, building the mind with academic strength and depth, while fashioning spiritual Christ-like character that can change the world. Fall enrollment is open now, pre-K through 12th grade. Eden Christian Academy, building His kingdom, one life at a time, at EdenChristianAcademy.org. How are you at resting? Are you? Do you find time to relax? Are you asking me? <laughs> uh, you're in here with me. You're three feet apart from me. Well, you weren't looking at me, so I, I thought know, maybe you, you were, were just throwing that out to our listening you're audience. Away. Are you? Are you a good rest? Okay, no, I'm Saturday. not a good rester, but but I I want to be. I'm a good rester on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I can say that for sure. But six days and the nights. other six is a little shaky. Right. Yeah. I'd rather watch Homeland than go to sleep. Okay, I've been thinking about this because now it feels as though schools are going to, you know, some schools are four days a week, or people are calling for a a thirty-two hour work week. Right. Like we're scaling back mm-hmm. our expectations, European in some way. Mm-hmm. But I think generally, us as Americans, we like to think nose to the grindstone. Yeah. We definitely like to think that we work harder than anyone else. I think there's a lot of truth to that, though. We, we right? work longer hours what about than the anyone Japanese? else. Japanese, they, so, they well, work yeah. themselves to death. Yeah, right? you're right. So maybe not more than anyone else, but more than Most Europeans. But are we happier? Is it better? Josh Brown is with us. Pastor Brown, he's the senior pastor of Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Josh, this is a very interesting subject. Uh, are you guilty of this as well? Would you consider yourself a workaholic? John, it's funny that you asked me that because I, I am guilty of that up until the 30 seconds before I took your guys' call. I was cramming in one more email that I needed to send out, and <laughs> someone had stopped by to ask me something, and I said, hey, I only got two minutes for a conversation, and the whole time I was thinking this is this is a little funny because I'm going to go on and talk with John and Kathy about <laughs> rest <laughs> and, and boundaries, and uh, uh-huh. well... <laughs> Uh, so what, what advice do you guys have for me? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, therapy one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a long nap. <laughs> it's hard though, right? I mean, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to be a person that can't be motivated. So I don't want to go to that extreme. But I do think uh, there's something, I, I feel like I'm guilty of thinking that my worth is based on how hard I'm working. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Really? Josh, that's it. Do you think that? 
I, I think that's a big problem that people have. I, I think they're, we're, if we're talking, we're going to talk, I think, a little more specifically about rest, but it's all worked up. It's all kind of intertwined with our understanding of what work should be also. And uh-huh. We've got very distorted views of both of those things, culturally and socially. So they're really, they impact one another a lot. But I think Kathy's right on with that. I think there are a lot of people who determine their sense of worth by how busy. If you've got a very busy calendar, if every single time slot is filled up, then that proves that you're important and that you're significant and that the stuff you do matter. And I did, some people think that, maybe not everybody, but that, that can be an easy trap to fall into. So if there's nothing on there, you can then start to entertain uh, things that you that aren't true. Like, well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not really contributing. Maybe there's nothing I'm doing that's of significance. And so they're both of the ideas, our understandings of work and rest are really, they're both distorted. But certainly with rest, I think we just, we don't know even biblically what it is that we're being called to do. Uh, I think that we, I think we have a couple ideas of rest that are, are neither of which is what it, the way it's presented in scripture. One, maybe on one hand we think rest is just disengagement, right? Just, I'm just, <laughs> just leave me alone. I need to entirely disengage. Uh, just kind of shut myself down and shut out from everything for a little bit. On the other hand, rest can, sometimes we think rest is just, uh, I don't know, you might call it facilitated distraction. Mm, right? Just give, right. Give me, let me, let me stream. So I think he's at Homeland. Yep. Let me stream something for as many hours as I can. The more mindless, the better. Let me just see if I can reach the bottom of my Instagram feed somehow. Uh, just some kind of facilitated distraction. That's not restful. We know that. But neither is just total disengagement. The, the kind of rest that we see in scripture is there's something richer and deeper to it than either of those things. Mm. Okay, so describe that then, because I think we want to rest. We need rest. As believers, we are called to rest on the Sabbath. So what does a rich day of rest look like, Josh? Uh, you're right. It's one of the commands that's given there, and this idea of rest, and, and certainly rest in the context of Sabbath. And, and people have, I understand, different understandings of what that means. Is it is it kind of a Sabbath principle and that you can take one day? You know, I don't want to get into those debates right now. But but however you look at it, the way that Scripture talks about it, certainly worship should be some component of it, right? Um, some kind of worship, corporate worship, gathered worship, prayer, study, reflection, those kinds of things. Worship, worship should definitely be a part of it. Um, but I would also suggest that there should be so, something that is um, recreative about it. So I know we say recreation, and sometimes we just think total total leisure or play or relaxation. But I mean, the word itself shows you what it should be. It should be recreative. It should be restorative. And so there are a lot of things that we can do that are restorative in that sense. Physical rest is a part of it, certainly. But you may have something you do that is actually, it's actually some kind of physical activity, but is very restorative to you, very recreational mm-hmm. in, that, in that sense. Um, and people, you can think of the common examples. People say, well, I love to go for a walk in the woods, or I love to, you know, play with my kids outside, or, and, and that stuff is good. And we recognize on one hand that's it is it's a level of activity, but it can also be very recreative, recreational, and restorative. Um, so I think it's all of those kind of elements there. I, mean, I mentioned some some component of worship certainly needs to be a part of the kind of rest that Scripture talks about. Um, some some way in which we are we do need to physically rest. Our bodies need that. We all know that. But something that's also restorative and recreational can be a, a part of that rest as well. Right. So if that's the case. Josh, then we can't be pointing the fingers at each other. Like, I can't look at John and say, you Sabbath breaker. 
because <laughs> because oh, I don't happened, believe me. <laughs> because I don't like what he's doing, right. or I don't think it's holy enough, or I don't think it's restful enough, right? So there has to be an individual element, right, of what's what is restorative to him and what's restorative to me. I think so. Yeah, and we can all we all get we're all guilty of doing that, you know, pointing the finger and, and whatnot. And it's usually a way to, to divert attention to what it is that we're doing or not doing. Right. Uh, just, that's usually the case no matter what. We, we learned that lesson as toddlers and we never let go of that one. Um, I, I think, yeah, Kathy, I think there's a personal element to it, but, but I don't mean to suggest that those things are, are boundless. Like you can just, you know, make an argument of, well, yeah, this is, this is that thing for me. I do think there are some things. It, it should be, it should have those elements to it, right? So just, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm of course not able to think of a great example right now, but but there are still ways that we can do that, that that have those kind of components. It's something that focuses us on the Lord. It's something that is, it doesn't need to be that physical component of restfulness to it, but it can be something that's just good and restorative to your soul. And um, if for somebody that's, I don't know, sitting around and crocheting, that that, that would not be, for me personally, restorative. But that doesn't mean it's not for that person. Right. But at the same time, okay, so Sunday's here. Oh, I, I like to use my chainsaw. I mean, I'm not going to go out <laughs> and cut a tree down on a Sunday afternoon because it feels good and I enjoy myself. I don't consider that restful, even though, you know, some guys would say that's pretty cool and fun. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And, and that's why that's why it, it, it's very easy to get a little too legalistic about these things. I, I think it is. It's also easy to get too lax about them, right, and just say, well, it doesn't matter if I set aside some time. Uh, for it. I, I mean, I would imagine you using your chainsaw might not be terribly restful for your neighbors. Exactly. John, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it is, there is that, that element of it. I mean, Paul, the way Paul talks about it in Romans 14 and others, he, he kind of says, like, look, it's, some of this is going to look a little different from person to person, but those should be the kinds of things we've talked about, something that focuses you on the Lord, something that is is physically restful, but then something that also maybe is just restorative for you should be some of the things about it. And even those little things, look, even when when we physically rest, we are displaying our dependence upon God as our creator. And when we spiritually rest, we are displaying our dependence upon God as our redeemer. Mm. Because both of those things is acknowledging, I, I, I can't create and sustain myself. Like I, I need to rest. That's even in the Psalms. Psalm three five says, I lay down and slept, I woke again for the Lord sustained me. Mm. Even even if I don't know if it's worth even just thinking about that for a little bit. Even even sleeping is an acknowledgement that you are not your own creator. Yeah. Your body yeah. your body is not uh infinite. Your body needs rest. Your body needs to have the Lord sustain it. And it's spiritually true too. When when we cease from just our spiritual striving and say, Christ has done everything for me that I need, that's a resting in him spiritually, which is also a display of dependence upon God as our Redeemer. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So, Josh, what about the Sabbath for the pastorate? I mean, uh, when I go to worship on Sunday, the pastor, that's that's the, the tip of his work week. I mean, he's in full work there. So... There is Sabbath, but I would imagine a lot of pastors, and maybe this is, you know, you as well, that it's hard to carve out a true Sabbath because phone calls, emails, sick visits, you name it, you have to be inundated. So can you, do you, will you draw a line to that? 
Um, can I? Yes. Do I? Not always. Will I? That's the question my wife asks me a lot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yes, it, it can be very tough, right? And on one hand, I don't want to. I don't want to sound kind of whiny, like well, no, pastors no, no. have it no. harder, harder than anybody else does. Everybody faces these challenges. Um, but there is there is something that takes some, you know, personal intentionality about it, but also some maybe mutual accountability. It's good to have somebody you can check in with you on those things. Somebody who can ask you for that. So it needs to look a little different. I, I try. I'm not. I, I'm not as good at this as I should be. I try, for example, for me, like on Fridays to just take a even just a, an email and kind of computer Sabbath and say, look, if it's unless it's an emergency, I, I'm going to just step away from this for today. That's just something I need. I've learned that I need to do. Mm-hmm. If it's an emergency, right? Somebody's in the hospital. There's a death. Of course, that happens, and I, and I'll respond to those. But um, you know, for me, that's one, that's one thing to try to do. And, um, it is tough though, right? It's easy to, uh, yeah, it's easy to just have the week kind of creep up on you. And right. so people, other pastors I know will have different, different rhythms that they've gotten into. Some, uh, a lot of people I know find Monday a good day to take off from, for me, that's not as great in my work kind of week rhythms, but it's tough, but it's necessary to find that time. I remember uh, hearing a Tim Keller sermon years ago, Josh, where he said, and I really don't remember anything else about the sermon, but the thing (laughs) I remember, the thing, the one thing that stuck with me is that he said, uh, when you don't work on the Sabbath, whether that's a Sunday or it's a different day, if you, you know, are working in in a, in a, on a church staff or in a church system, he said, part of that day is acknowledging that your work, however hard you do it and however good at it you are is incomplete. Mm. And that's just part of the gig is that you can work yourself to death, but you will never finish. And that's part of Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And that's been really, really helpful to me over the years. Yeah, that's a great way to frame it. And, and I, I think that's kind of getting at maybe similar to what I was saying, when we rest, it's a display that we're, it's a display of our dependence upon God, either physically or spiritually or both. Yeah. It's acknowledgement that, I, I'm not the one to create and sustain and uphold all things. There's always going to be more to do. Um, and really just having to hit pause and acknowledge that can be hard, but it's also good. Yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for this. I mean, this is this is good and wise. Uh, my prayer for you and for all the pastors is that you would you would surrender and have yourself a full Sabbath as well to be able to recreate yourself. Well, I appreciate that, John. I'll, I'll give him my best this week. Excellent. I'll be thinking <laughs> about you on Friday. Tell us about Belfield thanks. Church before you leave us. Yeah, we are located right right in Oakland, right in the heart of the medical and university communities that are right here. So uh, it's just it's a great place to be able to reach out to the campuses that are around us. But uh, the, we've got folks who come from all over the the city area to be a part of things. It's a very intergenerational group. We have three services on Sunday: uh, one at eight thirty, one at eleven o'clock, and at five o'clock. Um, the main substance of all of them is the same. They basically just have some different musical styles. So there's some there's a lot of opportunities that are happening throughout our week. Belfield.org is our website, and uh, various social media feeds will let you know what's going on. Very nice. Josh, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us here. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Reverend Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh, right across from the uh, the towers. You know where they are. Just look across the street, you'll find Belfield. Take a break, come back. We're going to talk about Target. 
doing it right. Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Now offering their Labor Day special of 15% off any new roof or siding replacement job signed in the month of September. Restrictions apply. Visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com or call 724-NEW-ROOF for details. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers with back taxes to the IRS. Billions in tax relief is now being made available to struggling taxpayers, giving thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars in savings away to those who qualify. If you're facing wage garnishment, threatening letters, audits, liens, levies, or already in a payment plan, you can now expedite the resolution to your tax problem, end collections, and even qualify to reduce a large portion of what you owe. Stop IRS Debt has established a relief hotline for you to call to check what savings and options you qualify for. Dial 800-759-3413. With many people facing job loss and rising cost of living, these special IRS initiatives are designed to aid delinquent taxpayers with the relief that they need to get a fresh start. For a free consultation to see what savings you qualify for, call 800 759 3413. 800 759 3413. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? What is the right call? Doing it like 724-New Roof. What is us? Us is a foundation. Us is the future. Us is a bond. But right now, that bond is fraying. And we need a place that could make it whole. From diabetes prevention to safety around water. The Y fills the gaps. And bridges our divide. But they can't do it without us. Donate today. Because where there's a Y, there's an us. Read by members of the Y. The Y for a better us. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of late-night showers. Expect a low of 54. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a passing shower. Tomorrow's high 69. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a brief shower or two, the low 57. Friday, mostly cloudy with a shower in places. Expect a high Friday of 71. Saturday, mostly sunny and pleasant, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Kathy, we were talking about that story in Philadelphia last night where there was wholesale looting and rioting going on. Yeah. Well, today, Target announced that it was closing nine stores across four states, saying that theft at the locations was harming its business and threatening the safety of employees and customers. Uh, the stores are in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, San Francisco, and in Manhattan. How about that? 
Well, what I can't believe it hasn't happened more than it's already happened based on the level of shoplifting that's been reported. Yeah. I mean, it's Shrinkage. absolutely crazy. And I don't <laughs> this philosophy uh, of let's not hold people responsible for minor crimes, only major crimes is completely ridiculous. Well, those when you see that People are going in and taking huge quantities of things I mean, and then reselling it, right? Right. I mean, on the Apple store last oh night, gosh. it was completely looted in Man. Philadelphia. Everything that, pretty much everything that was in the store was gone. I'm sure. Okay. So the, the industry, the retail industry calls theft shrinkage. Mm. Listen to this. This is from today's New York Times. 36% of shrink comes from theft, according to this uh, survey. 29% of shrink is attributed to employee theft. Oh, great. So 27%, 27% came from process, control failures, and here's the big one, errors. What is errors? 27% Someone counts wrong. Process, control failures, and errors. I don't know. Well, if you can't stop the errors... It would certainly be nice if you could stop the shoplifting yeah. or well, the, the or the uh, what do they call it theft when they're talking about shrinkage? Yes. Okay. Retail theft. theft. Yeah. And so a lot of the national stores are hiring third party security guards. Imagine being that person. So that's and so that's another expense that the store is sure. having to but wait, put in so, because because local municipalities aren't enforcing the laws. So you're going into Target now and there's a guy standing, an armed guard standing there, so nobody goes and steals razor blades in bulk. Or is that all? That's all locked up now, I guess, right? Good grief. Yeah, I don't know. All right, after the break, we're going to come back and talk to Ann Kennedy. She is a mom of six. She lives in upstate New York, wife of a pastor. She's funny as heck. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk to her next about time. How many times? How many times? 101.5 WORD. Get ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with the hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I'm in my chair at home. Every man, you have a chair, don't you, sir? Darn right, you have a chair. If you ever went missing, they give a cushion in that chair to a bloodhound, wouldn't they? Find that smell! Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's comedy tour. Are we there yet? And then they'd revive the dog and send him on his way. Word FM presents Jeff Allen Friday, October 6th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. Tickets and Word FM fan club discounts now at wordfm.com. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, an evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group, because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898 and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Former CIA officer and survival expert Jason Hansen here. I teach people how to prepare for the unexpected. Right now, most Americans are not ready for the death of the U.S. dollar. You have money sitting in cash, and if you don't act soon, your financial future could be at risk. 
I've partnered with Advantage Gold, the number one rated precious metals company in America, to release my new digital dollar survival kit that's 100% free for everyone who calls today and claims your free survival kit. Simply call 800-900-8000 and give your email address, and I will have this new digital dollar survival kit sent to you immediately. Call 1-800-900-8000 now and claim your free kit. And also mention my name, Jason Hansen, and see how you could also qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Supplies are limited, so call right now before it's too late. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Ready to unite with believers across the country to bring hope and meals to hungry families throughout Latin America and the Caribbean? You're invited to be a part of Food for the Poor's free virtual We Are One national celebration Thursday, September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. This free live stream event will feature award-winning singer-songwriter Laura Story as God uses you to be an answer to families' prayers. Just text the word ANSWER to 51555 for more information for this unforgettable evening. You sinner. Listen, I'll just say yes. You big sinner. Lexi, sinner. Our next guest is a sinner as well. Ann Kennedy is with us. She's been a regular guest of ours over the many years. She wrote a book that we love called Nailed It. 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people. She blogs every day at preventinggrace.com. Also got a sub stack as well, but she's also a sinner. Ann. Welcome back. Thank you. I guess it's a good reminder. I wasn't thinking about it right this minute, but I will now. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's not get too far away from it, right? <laughs> let's not get exactly. too far away from it. Yeah. Okay, exactly. so in in your latest piece that I read, I see that you made you there's a particular parable that you say you loved so much you made your children memorize it. I love this. Yes, I did. I you know, I'm a homeschooling mom. And you can memorize the Romans Road and, you know, Psalm 23. But I thought, what do my kids really need? And so we memorized the whole chapter of Matthew, Matthew 19 or 18. Mm -hmm. So can you capsulize for that for our listeners, Matthew 18? Well, it's a wonderful chapter because uh, everybody knows it just by you can lob it at somebody else by saying Matthew 18. at them when you think that they're, you know, sinning or uh, that they're not talking to somebody they should so there's that part of it but in the second half of the chapter jesus tells this story about two men Uh, one of them owes an immense amount of money i guess probably actually we could conceive of those amounts of money now because it's probably like what our government owes to other people Uh, and he can't pay it so he begs the king for mercy and the king gives him mercy And then he walks out of the king's presence and he goes and finds somebody who owes him, you know, some money that you could probably pay back by working a couple of years. And he tries to choke that person to get the money out of him and uh, and then and throws him in prison. And the king's other servants find out about it. And um, Matthew says that they're disturbed. They're upset. And so the king calls this man in and says, why did you do that? Why didn't you have mercy? And then he throws him into outer darkness. So it's got a nice, you know, for young kids especially, it's got a nice twist there at the end. <laughs> oh, I, love a, I love a fiery hellfire finish. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> but that, good, of course, good. but it's easy to get what the point is, right? Is that we've been forgiven so much, a, a debt that we can't even imagine because we don't get how the depth of our sin. And yet, boy, we can bring it against other people. Oh, we can. We can bring it so, so with such a fury against mm. people who might have legitimately sinned. I guess that's what's helpful, you know, as I was having a lot of young children. Uh, they really do. We all have a capacity to really hurt each other. And that's not meaningless. It doesn't, you know, you shouldn't just necessarily suck everything up and move on with your life. Some things really have to be dealt with. Yeah. But uh, the kind of forgiveness that God gives is so astonishing because it's supernatural. It could not be accounted for in human terms. We could never have paid back Jesus. And so uh, we can, therefore, work out. Uh, they're not intractable. It's, it's, not, it's not true that some things are beyond God's grace or beyond our, his ability to enable us to forgive each other. Uh, and that's good for little kids, and it's actually tragically even more important for older people as well. Yeah, yeah. But, and you know, you write about this in your piece, that the, the broader culture doesn't really want to hear the word sin. I mean, it's almost profane to speak that, you know, into a secular world. Uh, there's other words for it, like, you know, a, a broken um, or abused, right? It's sort of a, a softer version of it. Yes, I've been running across this everywhere, and I... I think it's, you know, I also think this is well-meaning because the the world does not know what sin is. And so I think as I've done it too, tried, we tried to translate the idea of sin to people in a current way. Other words have some emotional resonance like abuse. I mean, obviously abuse is sin, but it's only one sort of thing. And it's not big enough to encompass what sin really is. And brokenness and um, being incomplete or, you know, not actualized. There's all these sort of lesser words that maybe get you part of the way, but they really don't carry the distance for what the Bible is talking about. Right. So if we don't recognize the word and the inherent <laughs> what corruption within us, we're less engaged to, to see that and less engaged to forgive the sin. Right. I mean, if you feel just that you're broken, then yeah. it really should not be any problem for God to forgive you. You know, what's, what's that? That's not a big deal. But if you've, if you've committed treachery against the Most High, that's a little harder. Um, that takes something a little bit more to, to fix. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I really think Christians should not let go of the the idea of sin or really we do lose the thing that's most a most a biggest treasure uh the greatest treasure which is forgiveness i it's the only thing that we have forgiveness um and being forgiven is the only thing that separates us from the world if we let go of that and what that means uh, in all of its senses emotionally and every other way then really we should just pack up and go home yeah yeah. And that forgiveness is the thing that is becoming every bit as ununderstandable to people outside the church as sin is, um, because it seems as if, you know, if you forgive someone, 
who has done something to you or has done something to your family or has done something to your tribe or whoever it is, then by forgiving them, you're being weak. You're not standing up for yourself or your people. Um, And I feel like we are in a dangerous place right now when it comes to forgiveness, because all of a sudden we're thinking that it's not just weakness, but that forgiveness itself is some kind of treachery. Yeah, I've I've been seeing that everywhere. I heard somebody say just recently that, you know, Western culture was built on the Christian idea of forgiveness. Not that everybody, you know, in the past was a Christian, but forgiveness, the Christian concept of forgiveness was so deeply embedded in our culture that, you know, we flourished as a result. Western culture um, was a great thing for a while. And letting go of that is, is spells a horrible doom for um, not just, you know, each of us in our own little worlds, but it, it, corporately. If we lose the Christian idea of forgiveness, even if it's not really religiously expressed, um, a lot of other things are going to crumble. And the people who we pro- often talk about caring about the most, the vulnerable, the weak, they are the ones who fall by the wayside most quickly. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy's with us. We're talking about a piece that she wrote called How Many Times? It's at her blog at the Patheo site, um, Preventing Grace is Anna Kennedy's blog. And you write this, you say this, and this is, encapsulates many things. If you can forgive and be forgiven, you can't be a Christian. I, I know. I felt sort of guilty saying saying it like that, but Jesus, Jesus basically says that in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's not really a threat. Like, I think he's offering you the help to forgive other people, but he does lay it pretty plain. If you refuse, if you of your will refuse to forgive somebody who sinned against you, you don't know who Jesus is. And if you don't know who Jesus is, then you can't belong to him. So you should find out who he is, and then you should belong to him. Yeah. <laughs> to say like it in it. a more positive way. No, but I, <laughs> it's, it sounds harsh when you say it, but it's true, right? There is, it's yeah. the absolute truth. Yeah. I think we don't, I do think in all of our, you know, the, the anxiety of the age and the difficulties that people are having now, which are really big, but with Jesus, they're not they are not insurmountable. They are surmountable. Jesus can fix them, but you have to take the one thing that he offers, which is forgiveness, and that that goes first. Then all these other things can be added in later. Yeah, and there's uh, there's an, an indescribable free, freedom, free, I was going to say freeness, but that's not a word, a freedom that comes from being forgiven. And, um, and to forgive. Yeah, and, and so people you know, who are listening to the program who think, well, I, what I've done can never be forgiven. It can never be forgiven. Um, don't call God a liar because his love is great enough to do that exact thing uh, for you. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, he's, he, uh, he, he literally came just to do that because he has the power and the desire to forgive you. So, yeah, you shouldn't call him a liar. You should go meekly and ask. Uh, and then on, you're right. The freedom comes in a deep, deep way for Christians um, in the world. Somebody just told me that this week. Uh, not forgiving somebody is 
drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. I've been saying that all week. So you don't have to die. You don't have to take the poison. Um, Jesus came to give you love. He takes the poison away entirely, and you get to go free. And then you can let other people go free. And imagine, I mean, not carrying around the burden of guilt day after day. That is the point of this life that we have. That's good. And Kennedy, and uh, before you leave us, uh, talk to our listeners about where they can find you online. You have uh, multiple outposts, yeah? Yes, so I'm spreading myself thin all over. <laughs> I'm on uh, Patios at Preventing Grace on Mondays. I'm on my Substack um, some of the other days, and I'm on Stand Firm on Sundays. And I have a piece coming out in the Christian Research Journal uh, mm-hmm. this coming week about the Great Dechurching. Excellent. Oh, great. Yeah, Very we nice. just had a conversation about that on the show last week. Well, that's that's really interesting book, isn't it? Yeah. It's a wondrous, fascinating. It yeah. really is. That's Ann Kennedy. Love you, Ann. Thank Ann you. Ann Kennedy's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. Good to talk to you. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Family owned and operated since 1984 and home of the lifetime workmanship and labor warranty and no money down. Call 724 New Roof or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com for details. Hey, John, many have responded to help untrained pastors in East Africa, and I'm so grateful. I'm trying to imagine how many pastors we could reach if we could hit that goal. Every pastor that you train partnered friend will match your gift, doubling your impact. Untrained pastors in East Africa need your help, and this is the last week. Now is the time. So call 833-4-HELIOS, go to wordfm.com, or call that number 833-443-5467. $150 train six pastors, $25 a month. Over 12 months, will train 12. Call 833 443 5467. That's 833 443 5467. Or go online at wordfm.com. $150 at one time gift trains six pastors. $25 a month over 12 months will train 12 pastors. Wordfm.com, please go there now. If you trade stocks, then you know avoiding pitfalls is the biggest challenge for both new and experienced investors. Vantage Point's dual-patented artificial intelligence provides a powerful solution to this problem by offering predictive accuracy, emotional neutrality, and diverse market forecasts for today's active traders. Vantage Point's AI analyzes billions of data points in seconds, so you get highly accurate predicted market conditions for the next trading day. Take the emotion out of your trading. Text the word money to 813-813. Navigate the financial markets with confidence using AI. Text M-O-N-E-Y to 813-813 right now to learn more for free. Text MONEY to 813-813 to experience the benefits of AI in your trading. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at VantagePointSoftware.com and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text the word money to 813-813. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. 
Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit Geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. I love looking at the pictures from outer space. I mean, there's so many. There's so many vehicles out there right now. Of course, we, we talked yesterday with Hugh Ross about the James Webb Telescope, which is revealing incredibly deep and wonderful things. Uh, but I see something today. Um, there is a, a moon that is uh, orbiting around Saturn. It's a Saturn's innermost moon, and it orbits Saturn within one of the planet's rings at an altitude of just 83,000 miles above the surface. And um, Cassini, which is a, um, a satellite, also rotating around Saturn at the moment, it photographed this moon, a pan, and it looks to me, it's really incredible. We're lo- used to seeing, you know, orbs, round mm-hmm. or spheres. This looks like a pierogi, or maybe... <laughs> On a good day, a dumpling. Okay, so we knew that the pierogi was somewhere close to the heart of the galaxy. Yeah. And now we're seeing proof Here of it. Here it is. I do you some a favor. I mean, really, it's it's this kind of round, fluffy, but then it's got like a nice ridge around it. It looks like you stick a fork in it and have some, you know, sure. potato well, and cheese. That's, where it, that's what you pinched by hand mm-hmm. around the perimeter. Yeah. Saturn. Could I see that? Yeah, please. So do yourself oh, a favor. Oh, it definitely looks like a pierogi. Look it up. Saturn's moon pan, the innermost, and you'll see. It looks like a little pierogi or a, yeah. a dumpling of some sure, sort. Sure, I like it. Space photos of, of weirdness. Okay, now, speaking of weirdness, listen to this. In November of 1938, okay, think about what was going on in 1938. In so, the middle of the Great Depression. Right. right. And we weren't to World War II yet. Mm-mm. I mean, a lot was happening. But while... Uh, all these world events were going on. An Australian lungfish named Methuselah arrived at San Francisco's Steinhardt Aquarium aboard an ocean liner. Yes. Um, Methuselah was named after, of course, the biblical figure mm. who was of uh, Very old. great, great age. Um, far outlived the 231 other fish that arrived in San Francisco with her. On the same time, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Really? Exactly. Um, Now, the strange thing is she is still swimming in the aquarium located at the California Academy of Sciences and uh, has assumed the title of the world's oldest living aquarium fish. That's 85 years old. Well, here's the thing. They thought that she was about uh, 84, Okay. right? But new DNA analysis suggests that she might be even more aged. And so the research is going to come out later this year. And they're estimating that Methuselah has lived about 92 years, or she could be as old as 101. Oh, that's so cool. So I wonder what an old fish does. Well, I mean, I mean like you look at her, she doesn't look particularly old i mean she she really looks fine now they're calling her a living fossil i mean you can imagine that and you can see why um but australian lungfish have the largest known genome of any animal it's about four times longer than even humans and they also have one or two lungs in addition to their gills 
Oh, oh. Which is which Very is super strange. weird. So, can so they can come land? to they can come to the surface to breathe air. Really? For I wonder for how long. Uh it doesn't like kind of, say anything kind of about that. But like, you know, when you get older, like you you know, your joints start to ache or your eyes. Everyone has, you know, their age maladies. Right. And I she has to have some. I wonder. But she's not able to communicate them. It's not like she's using a walker or something like she that. She still she's has a what they're calling a charming personality. <laughs> and she has a penchant for belly rubs. What? She has a penchant for belly rubs. She's a pretty content, happy fish, said the aquarium's director of animal care. She's been around a long time and has seen more than any of us at Steinhardt Aquarium. Really? We feel lucky to have her. Now, I'll be honest what? with you. How does it? Sh- she's not a looker. No, she's not. She looks a little beat. But how does she have I mean, a I charming think- personality? What is what makes a fish with a charming like Dora has a char- charming personality, you right? Mean, you mean Dora in yeah, right. Well, that's a very charming little fish. What's that? What's the movie? Um. Well, Lexi, come on. Are you talking it. about Finding Nemo? Yes, thank yes, you. Yes. Her name's Dory. Oh, that whatever. Not Dora. Close enough. <laughs> That's, is that's the explorer. Yeah, Dora the explorer. Dora, oh, Dora, oh, which I also think has a charming personality. Yeah, she's sweet. Right? So Dora or Dory, Dory. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dory. I'm looking at a little video of Methuselah, and I mean, she's super cute. Is she charming? Um, she does seem charming, and she's just making her way around. Now she'll swim up to people who work at the aquarium, and they will actually reach their belly. hands under and rub her belly. That's cool. All right. It's not an exaggeration. I see it happening here. WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A government shutdown is looming. In remarks, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says he agrees on the need to address runaway spending and border security, but the priority right now is passing a stopgap measure to keep the government open. These important discussions cannot progress if Congress simply fails to complete our work on standard short-term funding and the basic functions of government end up being taken hostage. But Tennessee Congressman Andy Ogle says he remains against a temporary measure to fund the government. As of right now, uh, I'm a no and will remain a no. My advice is uh, buckle up. There's turbulence ahead. The government shutdown could happen the end of the month. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 74 points, but the Nasdaq is up 23 points. This is SRN News. I'm Scott, the owner of Solid Fire Pits. When I began welding my custom-made fire pits for friends and family, I shared them on TikTok because I was just so proud of them. Check it out. That's beautiful. I posted every new fire pit design and more people kept ordering from 26 states and counting. Then on my birthday, I had my best sales ever. Now, how can the universe beat that? Solid Fire Pits is just one of the 5 million U.S. businesses that rely on TikTok every day. TikTok sparks business. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. A Retirement Watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement. Independent advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter. You'll also get Bob's five model portfolios and five free reports, including the hidden rules of retirement, hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid, cashing in on Congress's $350,000 retirement shocker, plus two more free reports and an exclusive conference call with Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. At Eden Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day, built upon the foundation of God's Word from pre-K through graduation. I think we can all agree that Eden Christian Academy has done a fantastic job of laying the groundwork for our faith. But now it is time for us to make the decision to plant our roots in the Lord. I will forever thank God for the teachers, coaches, friends, and mentors from Eden who have poured into my life and the community that surrounded me and helped me find my faith. Eden Christian Academy, building His kingdom one life at a time. Full enrollment is open now at Eden Christian Academy. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of late night showers. Expect a low of 54. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a passing shower. Tomorrow's high 69. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a brief shower or two. The low 57. Friday, mostly cloudy with a shower in places. Expect a high Friday of 71. Saturday, mostly sunny and pleasant, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Wednesday edition. Uh, 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 hello to our friends at WAVA in the uh, Washington, D.C. metro area. Very and those nice. who are listening on WAVA. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this. The homeless population across the country uh, exploding. Yep. I think we've seen it here in, in the downtown area all across the city of Pittsburgh, but across the country as well. In a surge of legal briefs this week, I'm reading from today's New York Times, frustrated leaders from across the political spectrum, including the liberal governor of California and right-wing state legislatures in Arizona, charged that homeless encampments, encampments were turning their public spaces into pits of squalor and asked the Supreme Court to revisit lower court decisions that they say have hobbled their ability to bring those camps under control. Quote, the friction in many communities affected by homelessness is at a breaking point. The attorneys for Las Vegas, Seattle, and more than a dozen other large metropolitan cities have said. 
Um, despite massive, quote, infusions of public resources, businesses and residents are suffering the increasingly negative effects of long-term urban camping. Homeless rights advocates agreed that the tent encampments were unsafe, both for their vulnerable occupants and the communities around them. But they said that gathering legal campaign, the gathering legal campaign was merely an attempt to fall back on time-worn government crackdowns rather than pursue the obvious mm-hmm. solutions, more help and more housing. Right, right. Homelessness has increasingly overwhelmed state and local governments. In California alone, more than 170,000 people are homeless, accounting for about a third of the nation's homeless population. More than 115,000 of those homeless Californians sleep on the streets, in cars, or in outdoor places not intended for habitation. I'm surprised by that number, 170,000. I would have thought it would have been more. Yeah, me too. And I'm surprised that the governor of California is one of the people who's looking to well address the issue because it just has seemed to me that he hasn't wanted to address that at all i'm sure he gets rung his bell rung by his constituents my business is failing get do something help me out so my question is why he wasn't pursuing if i mean the the situation seems so dire in california largely because of the weather that it's very easy. It's it's much easier to be out. homeless there than it is homeless in Pittsburgh. It's very difficult. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Here and it's it's a and it's a very large state. But it just seemed to me that the governor just didn't have any interest in pursuing that. So I'm I'm glad to hear it. And yeah. anything that causes people of both political persuasions to realize that they have to come together to solve something has to be good. Yeah, hundred percent. Seriously, get to work. Ha- I mean, not the problem being a good thing, but realizing you have to come together is a good thing. Right. And, of course, you don't want to be anti-homeless, right? Oh, I'm against the homeless. You want to help people. Of course not. You don't want anyone to have to live no, like that. No, it's horrible. I'm sure you don't want how anyone difficult to have to live is. like that. I mean, you know, you, we talk to our friends, you know, down at the Mission here in the city of Pittsburgh or Washington City Mission. Uh, every day, feeding hundreds, if not a thousand people or more. Mm-hmm. To, and to house those people. But the... the, the the addiction, the alcoholism, yep. all that. I mean, yep. that's a huge part of it. Right. And a lot of people, not to point that, people just give up. Sure. I'm just done, right? They're yep. just done. And I'm just going to hang. Yep. Very and complex, very and, complex. and I think people who are trying to figure out what to do with the circumstance as far as, you know, local officials can feel like they want to give up too, um, which is why the, there's never a better, there's no better time than right now for city leaders in Pittsburgh to come together, especially with people who run organizations like Light of Life or the Washington City Mission, to come together and say, okay, we need to together figure out how we can best address this. Um, Because there are areas of the city that I, that used to be, you know, weekly walks for me that I feel like are are out of bounds anymore. And I, if I'm one person who experiences that, there has to be tens of thousands of people in this area who experience the same thing. Without a doubt. And it's just a crying shame. So bipartisan, for whatever reason, has become a dirty word. But more than ever, do we, we need, need each yes. other to work together yes. to solve these obvious problems yes. that affect all of us? Yes. So realize that your party and your tribe doesn't have all the answers. I'm into that. Yeah. We need to take a break. After that, uh, just faith talking about the brand new book called The Deepest Place by Dr. Kurt Thompson. He's a psychiatrist in private practice. He's going to join us next. It's The Ride Home.
101.5 WORD. Two things that hit a family budget the hardest, the price of gas and of groceries. Let us ease that pain at the pump when you enter the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. The grand prize winner gets $10,000 in gift cards for gas and groceries. Three first prize winners each get $1,000 gift cards, and 10 second prize winners will get $500 gift cards for gas and groceries. That's $18,000 total. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com slash contests. We're all excited about the weekend, but thank goodness for those who work the weekend so we can enjoy the weekends because we go from Labor Day to Grandparents Day to Chickens in the Pit to the Covered Bridge Festival. <laughs> Marsh is here from the Springhouse. Marsha, when you go into heaven, you will rest very, very well, my dear. <laughs> What's the Covered Bridge Festival, Marsha? Holy Marcia? smokes. <laughs> well, Washington County and Greene County are known for lots of really old um, covered bridges. And so they have the Covered Bridge Festival. Every year, the Washington County Tourism Promotion Agency puts it on. And it's, um, it's like a craft show and great food. And we are at the Ebenezer Bridge at Mingo Park. I thought this would be a fun thing for people to do this weekend when they're looking for something fun to do. And we'll be selling um, oodles and oodles of front scratch pies. I think we counted oh, 600 or 700 pies we're wow. taking down there. And a, and a couple hundred dozen of homemade cookies. And we'll take our chocolate milk and our coffee milk and our white milk and iced tea and lemonade. Mm. And then we're only about six miles from the entrance of the park. So we suggest that eat dessert first because life is uncertain. Mm-hmm. And then head on over to the spring house where you can have all kinds of yummy food on the weekend. Oh, and we're having our first fall growth on Sunday, too. So it's a great weekend. There's no Steeler game, so it's a great weekend to go out and have some fun. It's beautiful fall weather, and then come on out and eat some goodies at the Springhouse, too. Outstanding. Wow. The Ebenezer uh-huh. Bridge at Mingo Park. Marsh is there. Oodles and oodles. That's like 700-plus when you're saying oodles and oodles. <laughs> Marsha, thanks for feeding us. You make some beautiful stuff. You sure do. Thanks, guys. For, for more details yeah. about Marsha and the Springhouse and everything else, go online, springhousemarket.com. See you later, Marsh. Bye, guys. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Because right now you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the average family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. Bottom line, it works. There's more than 400,000 members who have shared over $7 billion in medical bills so they can handle your bills, too. And here's the thing. If you join before September 30th, you'll save another $150 on your first month when you join. Nice. I'll give you the number here in a second. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. And again, the deadline, September 30th. So call now and you'll save even more. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Do you find joy in helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caregivers to bring joy into the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. You look forward to suffering? Nobody looks forward to suffering. Yes. Well, Kurt Thompson's with us, Dr. Kurt Thompson. He's a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. And uh, we're going to talk about this because uh, Kurt states the very obvious, of course, which is to breathe, uh, 
to be human is to suffer. His brand new work, Kurt's is, is called The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope. Hey, Kurt, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Kurt, last month when we started uh, talking about the new book, um, it was a little bit of a shock to uh, hear your approach to suffering and um, or the approach that you're taking in the book, because I think that most books on suffering have to do with how to avoid it, <laughs> how to skip it altogether, mm-hmm. how to skirt it, how to have yeah. less, how to have less of it or uh, how to make its duration as short as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the kind of book I would love to read. Yeah. That's because. Uh, yeah. Because that's the re- that's I the reality that, you'd um, like to live. Self help. Yeah, yeah. I want to find a way to have less pain in my life, and and to be sure, um, there is uh, when we when we think about our our Lord, when we think about Jesus and His coming, the good news included His healing people. The good news included His delivering people from suffering in so many different ways, and at the same time, we recognize that. Uh, he didn't eliminate all suffering, and in fact, his very presence uh, led him to, you know, some of the worst of any kind of human suffering that we could imagine in his crucifixion. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I tell people when they ask me, well, why did you write this book? And I, I said, I, I think one of the reasons is because I want to honor our suffering. Mm-hmm. Because when, when you look at um, the different stories that the world tells – the Christian story is the only story that honors suffering. Uh, it doesn't celebrate it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that it's wonderful. It doesn't. T- it doesn't tell us it's a good thing. It doesn't tell us that uh, God. Uh, it's God's idea for us. But the Christian story does not turn its face away from the suffering that we experience. In fact, God wades right into it. Yeah. And. It's, 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 it's a different way for us to understand it than the way our world usually wants to tell that story. So, Kurt, in the deepest place, you say, um, the question is not if we eat suffer. It is rather to what degree are we aware of it and how are we in relationship with and responding to it? Yeah. And we say that, John, because uh, this notion of suffering is something that is, you know, it, this, this distress. We, we talk about suffering as our response to pain over time. And we humans have our own unique ways of suffering that's different from any other living creature. And at the same time, each of us as individuals have our own unique story of suffering. We, it's easy for us to say, well, I don't really suffer because, or if I do, it's not nearly as bad as John's or Kathy's or my friend who has cancer or my other friend who lost their son in the war and all the things that we can compare our lives to. And this is really uh, a way for us to just avoid our suffering because Jesus comes to us and really doesn't just want to meet us in our suffering just to take it away, but he wants to meet us in it as a way to draw our attention to him, which I think is part of what we try to get at in the very first chapter of the book. So, so it's not coming up against suffering and resisting it, panicking, 
I can't do mm-hmm. it. I'm not going mm-hmm. there. I refuse. Mm-hmm. I don't. Ha- mm-hmm. I'm not strong enough to deal with that. I could never. I mean, how many times you hear somebody's story and you think, well, I could never do that. Right. I could never do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so you're advocating something different, which is kind of a deep breath. Uh, take a moment and kind of accept it. Suffering differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, suffering differently. And, and I think, you know, uh, when we look at the text that is the biblical uh, text that I, that I use, that I appeal to in this book, it's the first five verses of the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the church at Rome. Mm-hmm. Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. And the first... Uh, words that we read in this in this text is therefore since we have been justified by faith he Paul eventually gets to suffering in this text and for many people we many people who are many of our listeners might be familiar with this text later on where we read for suffering leads to perseverance which leads to character which leads to hope and hope does not put us to shame we might be familiar with that and it's you know, we can we, we kind of think that Paul just kind of like starts in the middle of nowhere talking about suffering. But when you read the preceding two verses, those two verses beginning with this notion of faith and justification, this is all an on-ramp for us to understand suffering. Because when we talk about trust, when we say faith through justification, that this act that God has said God justifies us. God says, you are welcome into my house. You who are with filthy rags, this is Isaiah, Mm. you come, you come. I know that you can't clean yourselves up. This is why I'm going to take responsibility for this. You come, you who are sinners, you come. This is what Jesus says that on the cross, the justification act is God's willingness to come fully into where we are in our suffering, in our shame, in our sin, with crucifixion. But what evil didn't see coming, and what we often forget, is that that's not where the story ends for Jesus or for the Father. That's where the story starts its new beginning. Because with Easter, Jesus says, you come and I'm going to take you. I'm going to bring you into Easter. You can't clean yourselves up, but I'm going to do this. That act of justification is what evokes in me a sense of like, gosh, this is a guy I can trust. This is a guy that I want to like, that, that I, I sense comes to me in my brokenness. And he wants to be in the room with me, with all of my shame, and with all the parts of me that I hate the most. And it is the be- before we even get to suffering, we have to recognize that my suffering is going to be different if first I have a relationship with someone who is with me in my suffering and is calling for me to be attentive to him being attentive to me. And even neurobiologically, that's where we begin to see the first inklings of how my suffering can change. Kurt, that is difficult for people to bring into realization, isn't it? I mean, I know Jesus loves Mm me, but it is hard Mm. to bring the fullness of that to me on a continual basis. I mean, I just forget and and I fall away from it. Yeah. So I've got to be reminded yeah. of the fullness and completeness of that again and again and again. Otherwise I'm just kind of, you know, it's, it's a, a thinner relationship. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, John, when we say, I know Jesus loves me, uh, you know, people in my office say this to me all the time. Look, I can trust God. It's people I can't trust. Mm. I know God loves me. It's just that nobody else does. And one of the things that we know about how the brain works is that the brain actually, at the end of the day, doesn't feel God loving me any more deeply than I feel it in embodied ways with real humans. And so I can say that I know that Jesus loves me, but do I feel it in my chest? Do I have an embodied sense of this? That's a much more like I'm if I have a limited experience of God's love for me because I haven't sensed it in the tone of voice of someone else. I've not felt it in their embrace. I've not seen it in their gaze upon my life. It's only then, this is why the body of Jesus is such a big deal in the New Testament. This is why when Jesus says, look, people will know that you're my disciples, not because of the, of the theology that you teach, not because of your proclamation of the gospel. They will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. By, and, 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 and what that means is by what they actually see you doing in your actions, how you love one another, even when you're driving each other crazy. Mm -hmm. This is how people will know that you're my disciples. This is how people will know what love looks like. When we read in 1 John, no one knows what God looks like. No one has seen God. But we know what love is by how we see each other loving one another. That's how the world knows who God is. And so for me to trust God, for me to actually, in my embodied sense, have the felt sense that Jesus loves me, that's only going to be true to the degree that I'm in relationships with real human beings mm. by whom I'm being deeply seen, soothed, safe, made to be secure, by whom I'm being deeply known, and who in being with me in that way begins to shape and change the nature of my suffering. Because surely when I'm known like that, then the parts of me that are suffering – I will become increasingly familiar with because somebody else is going to start to ask me questions. Kurt, where are you suffering and pretending that you're not? Mm -hmm. And that's what I need other people in my life to be doing for me on a regular basis. I, you know, I have a group of, I may have said this on this, on our show before, I have a group of men that I've been meeting with for over 25 years, every Tuesday morning for prayer wow. and confession. And without these guys, like I'm a dead man. Right, right. Wait. I need, and, the, and these are guys for whom, like if you were to ask them collectively, You were, yeah, yeah. If you were going to ask them collectively, what? If I was going to ask them collectively, yeah, like they, there's nothing you could ask them. There's nothing about me that they don't know. Really? Huh? Okay. And it's only in those kinds of spaces where we are loved that deeply that we uh, experience our suffering so very deeply. So uh, and I'm, so very differently. Because I'm reading in the deepest place. I'm glad you brought this up. You call these confessional communities, yeah? Yeah. 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 And this is this we, when we read the, the New Testament letters, you know, we we each we will pick up, you know, we pick up first John or we pick up the book of Romans and I read it and I think, oh, Paul's just writing to me, to Kurt. But I have to recognize and remember that Paul's writing to a community of people who, when they read this, they're actually having to come to terms with what does it mean for us together to share in each other's suffering? What does it mean for us together to create the relationships in which each of us are feeling and having the experience of being seen, soothed, safe, 
secure. For many of us, the going to church on Sunday morning provides us a sermon, provides us opportunity for worship, all of which is necessary and good, provides us the opportunity for the Eucharist. Yeah. And then the question will come, in what way will that same body and I together collectively uh, create an experience in which each of us knows what it means to be deeply loved by Jesus in embodied ways? Apart from just knowing as it is an abstraction or something that I hear in a sermon, it's going to be hard for me to want to go to my suffering because mostly I still believe I'm living in this world on my own. Hmm. Kurt, we only have a minute and a half left, but I, I really do want to ask you about SES, uh, the social engagement system. I wonder if you could talk a little yeah. bit about that and what, how, how we're born with it and then what happens to it. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh, this system, this social engagement system, uh, newborns come into the world. It's immature, like a lot of things, like where we, we don't know how to use our hands very well. We don't know how to use this system very well. But this is a system that we learn to regulate our emotional content. So we have all kinds of emotions. Some of them are distressing, upsetting. For me to regulate that, I need my social engagement system. And that engagement system enables me to interact with other people. So Kathy, if you're my mom and I come into the world looking for you, looking for me, when I'm upset, my go- I'm going to call for you. You come and you comfort me. And that activates this system in my brain that teaches me that the most effective, predictable way to regulate my distress over time is through co-regulation with somebody else. Mm. Over time, mm-hmm. what this means is that I learn that the most effective way for me to be with my suffering and to respond to it is in the context of a community that I know who, when they come for me, it will mitigate my suffering specifically and significantly. Wow, isn't that fascinating? So we weren't meant to suffer alone. No, no. I mean, Job's friends, they, they, you know, at first, like they had a good idea, but then they just couldn't keep their mouths shut. At some point, right, they get to the point where they just start to have to explain to him why he's having all of his suffering instead of just continuing to stay with him and say, dude, like we don't know why this is happening, but we're not leaving the room. We are going to be present with you until the end. Hmm. And that's so much more of what we need rather than someone just offering us platitudes about how hard things are. Right. What about, Kurt, you know, in suffering today? And of course, you know, you're a psychiatrist in private practice. We want to cover over our suffering with medication, yeah? Instead of talking it out or being surrounded by those we love and working it out. Right. Well, I, I don't think, I think it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great point, John. And I, and I think, um, you know, for further conversation, because I, th- I think medication is crucially important for a lot of people sure. um, in a lot of different settings. Um, and I don't think, you know, one of the things about psychopharmacology is that in the best of instances, what it really does is that it enables people to enter into their suffering more effectively. It doesn't cover it over so much as it actually effectively helps us enter into our suffering more effectively in the context of a vulnerable community. Fabulous. All right. Well, Kurt. Nice uh, job. Yeah, really really interesting conversation. Again, the new book is called The Deepest Place, Suffering and the Formation of Hope. We look forward to future conversations. The newest book, yeah. Thank you, Kurt. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Indeed. The Deepest Place. Suffering in the Formation of Hope. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We come back. It's our daily feature. Does this make sense? When I think about Grove City College, my chief thought is this. 
it comes as advertised. Mm. Grove City College says that they are a Christ-centered, conservative college. Now, if you were to make a visit to the campus, I believe you would see that. There's no surprises here. You look at the student body. You see how chapel's conducted, how classes are conducted. There's no sort of hidden agenda here or any middle ground. It is exactly what it says it is. Christ in all things. Because you were made for a purpose. And if you understand that purpose, whether wherever you are on that walk, you'll understand how and where you fit into Grove City College. It does change your perspective uh, on how you look at learning, how you look at uh, not just passing your classes, but gaining uh, a heart for understanding. And looking at it in a bigger perspective, I don't know. I wish I could go back be an undergrad again and look at my education that way yeah. because I missed out on a lot thinking that I was just learning stuff so I could pass a midterm and a final and get a grade as opposed to how Grove City really talks about it, which is that we're learning. We're learning about God's word. We're learning how to know him better. We're learning how to be disciples and we're learning how to get along. That's right. I mean, the culture will tell you one thing. Your faith in Christ informs you in a totally different way. GCC.edu. Was completely gone. All of our memories being wiped away. The rain is what got 20 minutes of sheer terror. And you can feel it in your body. I watched the fire move down the canyon. The rumbling of the house. My son started screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to die. At Samaritan's Purse, we bring spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. We go into dangerous situations because in disaster, in disease, in war, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor to heal the sick, feed the hungry, restore the broken. All who work and volunteer with Samaritan's Purse follow the example of Jesus. We go to serve, not to be served. And we go in Jesus' name. Join us at SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I didn't know that the roots of wisdom teeth can lengthen and become entangled around the nerves in the lower jaw. My surgery was more complicated, and I had to reschedule my family vacation. I had a cyst around my impacted wisdom tooth. I was referred to an OMS to have it removed. I was so worried. I wish I would have taken care of this when I was younger. Some things get better with age. Your wisdom teeth are not one of them. Visit myoms.org to find an OMS near you. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of late night showers. Expect a low of 54. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a passing shower. Tomorrow's high 69. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a brief shower or two, the low 57. Friday, mostly cloudy with a shower in places. Expect a high Friday of 71. Saturday, mostly sunny and pleasant, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does what make sense? The well-stocked spice drawer and the usage of said spices. Well, having not used or carrying a wit generally until I eat it 
The spice drawer, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, from a guy's perspective or from a non-cooker expect, you know, perspective, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. I don't think about it. I think less about the spice drawer than I think about Rome. <laughs> Just saying. Which is something. Yeah. Okay, I bring it up, John, because I was talking to a person who said, you know, they live in an apartment and they make, you know, all their own food. And I said, yeah. what do you usually eat? And she said, well, I just get some ground meat and just put it in a pan. Nothing on it? Not even salt and pepper? No. So, so the- I said, there's a whole spice drawer that's available to you when you cook. And she said, oh, I don't, I don't need any of that. So that's probably someone who's never been in a kitchen right well what could i i I didn't even know what to say i had to walk away from the conversation (laughs) no someone just hasn't been taught that is what i would imagine well i don't feel like that makes any sense no what whatever happened to home ec i don't know but is that the place where you'd learn to put so. salt and pepper course, and yeah. some garlic on your ground yeah. meat and or, you know, add a sauce? And at your mom's knee or a whatever. A noodle right? or a piece of rice? Something yeah, yeah, in there? Yeah, yeah. Some fresh parsley from your garden? Something. Do fresh spice, do spices make sense? Oh, spices make 100% sense. I think yeah. they make all the sense. Highly recommend it spice. In fact, I, if Old we're, spice. If, if, <laughs> if we're not using them, then there's no sense to that. Yeah. All right, does this make sense? Hmm. A disposable razor. I just used one this morning. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I did. You think it makes sense? Yes, I do. Ugh. Shaving your face with a disposable disposable razor is like shaving your face with a chicken foot. But it's so much cheaper, John. Who cares? It's so much cheaper. Are you bleeding? Yes. Oh, see. Uh-huh. And so, if you were a man and you were going to shave your face daily yeah, uh-huh. with a disposable razor, uh-huh. then you would look like Scarface. Mm-hmm. They may be cheaper. They're so much cheaper. Yeah. What you go, you get like two razor blades, and it's like sixteen ninety nine or something. I agree. That is a scam. It's appalling. It is appalling. It's but appalling. You want a close shave? I, w- I went to Sam's Club and we got like sixty five yeah. disposable razors. Right, and let's it's shaving with a butter knife, and so then you suffer. It no. is terrible. Disposable razors, maybe for a leg, but not for a face. I mean, it, it really doesn't... don't make sense for a leg either. Who am I kidding? You're, kidding. You're bleeding. No, it doesn't make sense. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Rachel Lampa with Andrew Rip. Somebody to you. Somebody, somebody to you. God is with us from the afters. Trust in God from Elevation Worship. I trust in God. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. It's really important to us to never be the company that's always yelling. We've got a blue light special. This is too good to be true. No fuss. No muss. No obligation. No risk. No purchase necessary. Act now. Order today. Limited time only. Some restrictions apply. All sales are fine. Batteries not included. If you know anything about us, you know that kind of thing just isn't our style. But today, we are announcing something that we think is legitimately pretty special, and that is our new no down payment program. Generally, to buy a new home, you have to put down a percentage of the purchase price up front as a down payment, which for many can be a tough thing. But with our new no down payment program, you can now buy a new home with 0% down. You'd still have to pay traditional closing costs like any other purchase, of course, but not having to come up with a traditional down payment could be a big deal for many. 
We are United Faith Mortgage. No purses necessary. Sorry. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Attention taxpayers. Ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optimus Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, their tax attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800 965 965-1433. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Ruder Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Ruder. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-ROOTER2 today. You think um, kids have changed over the last 25 years yes. or so? Really? <laughs> I didn't even let you finish. No, you didn't. Mm-mm. Kids have changed. Yeah. The I culture think, has changed. Yep, yeah. I think so. I think that... Kids were kids a lot longer um, previously, um, and I think that adolescents were adolescents shorter than they are now. So I feel like childhood went on for longer, and I feel like adolescence was shorter than it is now. Well, let's go to the experts. Lisa Anderson's back with us. She's a regular guest on our show. Lisa Anderson is director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. She hosts the Boundless Show weekly podcast and the radio show. And Lisa, uh, congratulations, celebrating the 25th birthday of Boundless. Oh, we don't have her. Oh, we don't have her. Well, then it's kind of silly that we're talking. Hey, Lisa, (laughs) thanks a lot. I'm saying happy birthday and like you're nowhere to be found. She's not there. I guess we'll eat the cake. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) <laughs> it's funny. Lexi's arms are flying around. They're like, like what are you doing? Hey, what what's are you going doing? On? Um, what do you think about young adults? Yeah. What do I think? About? <laughs> That's a broad question. Well, I what? mean, do you think? That, oh, yeah. I, I, do you agree with what I said? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, how many how many kids do you know who are, you know, crushed by, again, here's the boogeyman, social media. Mm-hmm. What, there's an article in the Times today, right? A, to, to be 13. Yes. A 13-year-old girl, yeah. right? I saw an article by um, an interview with my friend Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, she's been my good friend for a long time. Um, I just am not her friend because we've never met. But um, she was talking about her three kids. I think she has a daughter who's maybe 19 or something. Yeah. And maybe one who's 16 and 14 or yeah. something along those lines. And um, she did not let her oldest daughter have social media. Oh, really? Until she was 16. 
Interesting. And her younger kids, she did not let them have a phone until they were in eighth grade. Whoa, that's good. And she said that it was really a difficult journey to go through because even though she knew it was the right answer for her kids in particular, she wasn't saying across the board, but she said for her kids in particular, it was the right choice. She said it was still such a battle to, and it was one that wasn't fought one time. It had to be continually talked about daily talked about everybody else has it and she said it just came down to me saying to them look if you can find any research that tells me that social media is good for teenagers then i'll be willing to read it but all the research i'm seeing is that it's bad for teenagers so you know bring me your proof well all those guys who invented social media they don't let their kids on it it. so there you go right hey i made a stew for the general population but it's poison to my kids right all right, hey, we got Lisa Anderson with us. Lisa, a 25th birthday of the Boundless and the Boundless Show. Uh, happy anniversary to you. We're happy that you're with us. Well, well, that's really why I'm calling in. I just wanted the adulation <laughs> and congratulations, and then, you know, I can just leave whenever you want. You got right. it. So <laughs> that was it. And send all gift cards to me personally. So. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Hey, listen, 25 it's, years is hard to believe. It's big. It's gigantic. I mean, 25 years of doing anything, let alone you on the front lines working with adolescents and kids, and that's a huge thing. So, yeah, really, truly, congratulations. Well, it's been super fun, and I can't even take credit for the whole 25 years. I came in at about year 10 or a little bit after, um, but, you know, a lot has changed uh, since it began, and so it's been fun. There's never a dull day. One of the things that I said in response to John's question about uh, children and, and adolescents and young adults is I feel like now childhood is shorter. Right, because kids have changed, right? Have kids changed over these 25 years you've been around? Yeah, I feel like kids, like uh, childhood is shorter, but adolescence is longer. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you think of, you know, and we're kind of in the young adult space, we're kind of like college into those 30-somethings. And I say, well, first of all, there's a good portion of my audience that wasn't even alive when Boundless started. (laughs) Okay, so there is that. Um, But then you think like 1998, September 1st, 1998, Boundless began as a college webzine. This was only like three-ish years after people actually were using the Internet. So it was quite a risk for Boundless to take this on and do their ministry entirely digitally. And so like this was before online dating, you guys. This was before dating apps. This was before 9-11, when now so many young adults live in the specter of like a terrorist threat every day. Um, Rates of, you know, suicide and depression, anxiety have escalated so much. And so I think just the way that we're doing life and the rate that we're doing life, I mean, social media wasn't a thing. So now we've got people all up in our business that we don't even know digitally. And so I think that's where everyone is just kind of like, it, it's just a magnifying glass on everything that we're dealing with in our culture. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what about anxiety? I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like we're living in such an anxious age. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, what about kids and anxiety? I mean, how do you even sort through all that and make sense of it? Sure. Well, I mean, this is why, I mean, millennials and now Gen Z are inheriting some of this. uh, They are actually considered the burnout generation because this uh, pressure to perform and some of this is blamed on their parents who kind of raised these trophy kids to be everything. And they were given everything, but then the expectations are so high. 
And as a result, they're trying to just juggle place in all spheres. So it may be on the job. It may be in school. It may be as they're trying to, like, gig something on the side or keep friendships up, keep all these plates spinning. And they just can't handle it. The capacity to handle it is not there. And so as a result, we're seeing a lot of mental health struggles on all of these different levels. And we're throwing prescription meds at them and we're throwing therapy at them and trying to get a stabilization. But you know, ultimately, there's got to be something deeper to live for and to really structure our days around. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking for that, um, if we're looking for something that's going to make it worth it for a young adult, um, I guess the first question I have is what are the priorities that young adults have now that maybe were different when you started the show 15 years ago? Sure. Well, I would say that where young adults are really winning is in the power of having purpose. And so a young adult, I mean, you think of the young adults today, they will prioritize doing something that matters over money, status, power any day of the week. They really want to be contributors. Uh, They want to be now some are out there. They just want to be, you know, TikTok influencers. Okay, whatever. But I mean, (laughs) there's outliers. But for the most part, the average young adult is asking themselves, what is there beyond this day-to-day humdrum life of just earning money, paying bills, and making the churn happen? And so that's where I think we can really win in this space because they're the ones that are like, tell me a story. Tell me the power of story and how, whether it is God or your own marriage or your own relationship, they need to cling on to something that's real because everything else around them is not. And so uh, that's where I think there are so many young adults kind of setting the standard for and setting an example, even for older generations, in being relational and in going after things that matter. That's good. I I mean, to me, when I look at young adults, I kind of feel bad for them because they can, you know, it never shuts off. The Internet is always there. People are always taking photos, doing that whole thing. So the comparison thing between me and everybody else, it's got to be soul crushing in some way. Yeah, it's just crazy. And it's frittering away their time. Although I will say, you know, hi, boomers who are listening. You guys are addicted to Facebook, so Uh you can't point fingers at this point. But that it's really it's bifurcating everyone's attention and their time in a way that's just nutty. And so like and, and you think of the way that they're experiencing life too, like the average young adult. Uh, compared to their boomer or Gen X parents, the the American dream is no longer available to them. So this idea of just work hard and you're going to make your money and you're going to buy a house with a white picket fence, that is not a narrative that they understand because they are underemployed. They are shouldering massive student loan debt. They are, you know, just struggling to make and they're priced out of the housing economy pretty much in every city. And so they're just like, there's got to be something more. I got to figure this out. I've got to get off of this digital social media churn and comparison trap. And so that's why I think faith and and family and culture has the opportunity to step in and fill that void. Mm -hmm. So um, the social media thing, I think the gig is up in some ways because everybody, at least even though even if they're still on social, realizes that it can be unhealthy. So I think that that's yeah. a real leap forward. Um, it's like people who realize that smoking's bad for you, even if they're still doing it. I mean, at least we're one step in where you realize right. that it's that it's a bad thing. Um, so I feel pretty optimistic, maybe uh, hope, hopefully. Oh, where we're going to be in, in 15 years from now. Um, Lisa, how do you look at that? And do you have any, uh, I don't know, can you eyeball that? 
I think it is hopeful because I think of all people who are deciding to get off of social media, Gen Z is kind of leading the charge in that. They're just like, we're over it. I mean, some of them are still on YouTube and maybe they're into some of the short form video, but it's like, nah, we're not, we got bigger fish to fry. We got to get out of this. And so it's great. Now where it's sucking us back in is that there's a bona fide addictive nature to it that people are underestimating. And so we have to recognize we've got to actually do something about this on a brain science level. And so we're going to have to put some strategies in place for that. But I think going ahead, moving ahead, there's a lot of hope for what we can be about in the future that hopefully we'll get back into more community-based efforts, more relational things. I mean, you know, you think again, young adults, if there's anyone that is ready and willing to sign up for therapy, uh, it is a Mm 20-something because they're like, I'm messed up, y'all, and I can't do it. And so let me go after the hard work and really make things right and figure out how to get some growth and health around my life and my relationships. And so I think if we have a generation of young adults doing that, we're going to see a lot of improvement in the next decade. That's That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Lisa Anderson. She's director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. Boundless celebrating its 25th birthday this year. Lisa, our time is short, but I I just need to talk about this. What I always admire young people of faith, people who are in college or, you know, 20-somethings who are working and engaged in their active faith. Uh, Can you talk about that and what you see? Yeah. Well, what is so encouraging in this space, too, is that you think again, here we've got a generation where going back 20, 30 years, you used to be able to just kind of fake it and make it of like, okay, well, I'm a Christian because I was born in Texas or whatever, and let's all talk about God. That is no longer on the table. If you are a young adult and you're a Christian, you better be ready to stand up for your faith on every level when it comes to culture, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to the conversations folks are having. And so that's where it's separating kind of the the real from the fake. Mm. And young adults who are owning their faith are standing up. They're being counted. They are growing exponentially. They are in turn turning to their parents and being like, mom and dad, y'all are kind of weak and lame Mm. and you need to (laughs) you need to wake up and figure out what we're doing. And so this idea of they don't have these common cultural Christianity things to hang on to. And so for them, it's about the authority of God's word and relationship with Jesus. And if they don't have that, it's not going to work for them. And so I think, again, we're talking about culture changers who are going to do a ton. Hey, I love that. I I love that hopeful uh, word on that. Lisa Anderson is the director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. She also hosts the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. And we want to thank you for coming on to share your anniversary joy with us. Well, love you guys. Thanks so much for the well wishes and thanks for all that you do right there. Thank Absolutely. You. Our great pleasure. Keep going for another 25 years. Yeah. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we got a smidge left. UNESCO World Sites. Have you, have you been to? How many have you been to? Do you know? Mm. Hey, John, many have responded to help untrained pastors in East Africa, and I'm so grateful. I'm trying to imagine how many pastors we could reach if we could hit that goal. Every pastor that you train, a partnered friend will match your gift, doubling your impact. 
Untrained pastors in East Africa need your help, and this is the last week. Now is the time. So call 833-4-HELIOS. Go to wordfm.com or call that number 833-443-5467. $150 trained six pastors, $25 a month. Over 12 months will train 12. Call 833-443-5467. That's 833-443-5467. Or go online at wordfm.com. $150 at one-time gift trains six pastors. $25 a month over 12 months will train 12 pastors. Wordfm.com, please go there now. Ron had a tax problem he just couldn't handle on his own. I owed the IRS taxes for over five years, but I didn't have any money to pay the taxes. Those years cost him dearly. Most of it was fees and interest. It was horrible. Ron finally called in the pros. I called Optima Tax Relief, and boy, am I happy I did. (laughs) The leading tax resolution firm, Optima, is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. They've resolved over a billion dollars for their clients. Ron was overjoyed. They settled my account with IRS. I was ecstatic. They are a lifesaver. They are. I am so happy. (laughs) Take Ron's advice and call Optima now for a free consultation. Yeah, don't do like I did and wait. Call Optima Tax Relief. Do it now. You'll be ecstatic like me. (laughs) Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online, with no complicated forms, and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but if something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos. They've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy, non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy. Rates may vary. UNESCO added 42 new World Heritage Sites including one here in the United States. Okay. Uh, in total, there are 1,199 World Heritage Sites across 168 different countries. You can look them up online if you go to the UNESCO site. Uh, they're categorized, uh, listed according to country. Mm-hmm. In the United States, the group added the Hopewell Ceremonial Earthworks to the list, which is part of the Hopewell Cultural National Historic Park in Ohio. All How right. about that? That's a Native American thing? Yeah, the site consists of eight monumental earthen enclosures, complexes built between 2,000 and 1,600 years ago along the central tributaries of the Ohio River. Now, of course, uh, many, many more sites. Could you imagine this was like your bucket list? If you had all the time and in in cash to travel the world and visit these sites. Here's the newest one. Uh, Ancient Jericho in the state of Palestine. That would be... Wouldn't that be beautiful? That, wow. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can go to China, the cultural landscape of old the old tea forests. Love to see that. Uh, did, did, did. Um, the Jewish medieval heritage of Erfurt, Germany. How about mm, that? Okay. See, I, and I can't even comment on these places because I don't even know what they are. Right. Right? So the, the sites that are in America, uh, one would, I think one is the Grand Canyon. Right. Of course. Um, the obvious things, right? The Appalachian Trail is yes, another one. Right. Um, I was, I never even knew what the UNESCO sites were until I went to Germany. Oh, really? And went to one there. And then I looked it up. I'd heard, I guess I, it was a, it was a familiar designation, except I had no idea what it meant. Right. And, uh, then I, uh, kind of started obsessing over how many that there were and how you can't imagine how many there are in Spain and Italy. Because it's so ancient. It's you, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the United States. Many more in Spain Spain and Italy than in the U.S. Okay. uh, uh, Here in the U.S. Okay. Carlsbad Caverns National Park. Okay. Um, Everglades National Park. Right. Hawaiian Volcanoes National Park. Ellis Island. Oh, okay. Monticello. Mammoth Cave National Park. Taos Pueblo. Yellowstone National Park. Petrified Forest National Park. So a lot of these national parks, of course, it would only make sense. Right. Because they're so incredibly grandeur. Right. Uh, It'd be a great bucket list. I just want to go out and get in a car. To go to each UNESCO World Heritage Site. You Starting could just here. go. What about if you went to Spain and you said, "I'm going to see as many as I can"? You, you'd run out of time. Yeah. What a great world. So beautiful. Yes. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.